Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, good morning. Makes you feel like you're down in South Beach, just like, huh? Dad, are we going right over to Washington Heights? What you Ooh, telling me to talk about, man? <laughs> we going over to the Heights, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know about that, Harry. Hey, I see you in the streets. Yeah. 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 I see you, you know, in these New York streets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Heading up to Fordham Road exactly. next. Exactly. <laughs> My mom's like, why are you on 120th Street? Like, oh, I'm just, you know, just kicking it. <laughs> What's going on? You guys having a good day so far? Oh, yeah. Good Great morning, day, man. Oh, yeah. Friday, weekend's coming. Mm. You know, what do we got a plan for the weekend? Anything good, Harry? Me? Get to work the Heisman tomorrow, man. So I'm That's excited right. about that. So That's right. Excited about that, man. It's always been a dream of mine. Um, I'm going to go check out Army-Navy. That's been on my bucket list for the longest only probably get to see like a half or a quarter or a quarter, but it's on my bucket list, so I'm going to go check it out. That's dope, man. Army, Navy, Heisman Trophy. There's a big fight at Madison Square Garden. Vasily Lomachenko. Yeah. There's UFC 269. Big lightweight title mm-hmm. fight. A lot going on this weekend before you even get to the entire NBA slate and including Steph Curry on Saturday gunning for the brother. record right yes, against Steph his Curry. brother on ABC in primetime and then the entire NFL slate. Nonstop. This is a good time of year to be a sports yes. fan. Yes. yes, it is. Yes. All right. Uh, Thursday night football. By the way, these primetime games this year. Good games. Even when they look like they're not good games, you fall asleep by the half, you wake up in the morning. Oh, what did I miss? Thursday night football, it was a tale of two halves. You heard the end there on KFN, KFAN coming in. The Vikings ran all over the Steelers in the first half. Took a 23-0 lead. Game over. Like, Justin Jefferson's doing that. And they got Dalvin Cook back. And by the way, you know, when Christian McCaffrey's healthy, right? When this one's healthy. Oh, look at what, look at what uh, Derrick Henry did. Look at Jonathan Taylor. Y'all must have forgot. When Dalvin Cook is on the field, eh, he's just about as good as anyone. Just, just, just like he's an elite. Like you see guys like Kamara and Cook, you go, yeah, that's as good as it can mm-hmm. get. Doesn't really get better than that. And there he was. So, like, he goes for 205 by the end of the game. They're 23 nothing at halftime. It's over. Big Ben is finished, right? But the Steelers rallied. They rallied. Big Ben threw three second-half touchdowns, gave his team a chance. You know what? He threw four second-half touchdowns. They ought to had a chance to tie it with a two-point conversion. It was dropped. Pat Freermuth dropped. I can't pronounce his name to save my life. Uh, dropped the ball in the end zone. It was a dime in the end zone in his hands. Harry Douglas, the final play was broken up. I mean, he had to catch that, right? But I'll tell you this. I, and, and I immediately thought about two people. I thought about Gronk. If that football was thrown to Gronk, that would have been a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I thought about Tony Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. If that football was thrown to Tony Gonzalez... That's but do you touchdown. need it to be the one of the greatest of all time, no, or can I'm a regular saying, player make uh, yes, that play? Yes, he should. He has to. He has to, right? Catch, quick tuck, because you have to know um, those two defenders are coming. But I'll tell you something that may have threw it off a little bit for him. All right. The fact that he inside released, right? The fact that he inside released that defender, and I got to go back and watch it, um, the tight cop, because he might, he, he probably didn't have a choice. But you want to try to outside release that and then bend it to the middle. He inside release. So now when you inside release versus that that receiver, that backside safety comes the factor. Mm-hmm. Now you have to bend it back out so the quarterback actually have a thro- has a throwing lane to fit that ball in there. Um, so 
And even if, if he brings it into his to, and, and secures it, sometimes his defender just, just made a good play. Yeah, you make a good made play. A good, the defender a makes play. a better play than the offensive player. I mean, that's the nature of the game. But it hit his hands. It hit him in the hands. right in the hands. It hit you in the hands. Right in the hands. You it. had it. Got to make it. It hit him in the hands. Listen, the story of the game was the Steelers getting absolutely crushed on the line of scrimmage. <sighs> 242 yards. I think crush is an understatement, though, yes. isn't it? Can I tell you something? So, like, I, I've coached a lot of teams. I coach AAU teams. I coach the team for New York Central High School. And th- there's, there's one thing that really bothers me with some teams, right? It's when you have priorities, of, like, as a coach, like, what you stand for, and you can't imprint that on your players. Like, it just doesn't resonate, and it can't reflect you. And now when I watch Mike Tomlin – like, I see a coach who is all about discipline, all about hard work, all about physicality. And it just doesn't seem like players on that team reflect that constantly. It must be And very that goes to Chase Claypool. I know we're going to d- dig deep into it. But, like, watching that last night, like, if you're a Steelers fan, one of my best friends is a Steelers fan. He's like, see, that's why I can't do that. I can't do it anymore. Like, you on fourth and one getting the first down, and then you want to, hey, gloat that we got the first down. And then instead of just putting the ball down the ground trying to rush – 15 seconds come off the clock, regardless of whether another player on their team hits the ball or not, you should have never have the ball up. And then you throw a temper tantrum afterwards? What are we doing? This goes against everything that our head coach stands for. Jay, and what you just talked about is what he's coached to do. Yes. In that situation. You've seen numerous other cases. Larry Fitzgerald, two-minute situation. Catch the football, run, and go spot it for the ref to save time. You don't have time to be celebrating. Same person that want to listen to music, though, Jay. Exactly. He want music and practice this. Oh, but Harry, and here's the point that even drives me even more crazy about it. Unbelievable, man. Afterwards, after they check the ball down, like instead of just thinking, hey, let me go to the next play because we still have a chance. Like, hey, sometimes, look, you mess up. Like things that happen in life, you mess up. Yeah. Your ability to win games in those margins reflects about can you move on to the next play. I say it all the time here, Max. Little things happen like, yo, next play. You got And next play, instead of just saying, what do we have to do? He throws a temper tantrum. G- Gino Oriema yeah. addressed this after Connecticut, the women's loss. And by the way, he had Paige Beckers out there playing like in a blowout, and then she got hurt. That's a bad look. But he said, what he said was, he's talking about, it's, it's on me. Like, obviously, whatever it is, when you said that the head coach is trying to imprint that to represent them, he's saying he's unable to get his team to where they need to be, right? Like, he's unable to imprint what he wants on his team. But Tomlin, it's it's odd because he has at Oriama too. They've always been able to do it. Mike Tomlin talked about losing the battle on the line of scrimmage. Until we get better in that area, um, we're not good in that area. We were JV again tonight, and I'm talking about up front on both sides. Uh, we lost the battle in the line of scrimmages, and that's football. Um, we make no excuse. Um, it is what it is. We got to be better than we were. We'll turn over every stone to do that. We got a long week coming up between this and our next one. We'll make good use of that time and assess not only what we're doing, but who we're doing with, who doing it with. Jay, even saying that, you're so right about like it, the team not reflecting what yes. he's about. Because the first thing he goes is, we're losing on the line of scrimmage, both sides. That's football. We make no excuse, <laughs> right? It's just that you saw what happened. That's what happened. No excuses. We got to be better. Claypool even bringing up, oh, I'd like to make practice more fun, sounds like underneath it all, there's an excuse there, right? There's an excuse for how he's playing. If only conditions were a little different, I, I could. Well, they make them different, Max. Mm-hmm. They make them. Well, they speaking make, of they making make them, them different. They make them different, boy. 
Tomlin sounds like he wants to make it different because he talked about, well, listen to this. You also had Marcus Allen out there with that kind of Same. Same. We will, we will not be bashful about turning the stones over. When you say not be bashful, does that extend to the coaching staff at this point? What do you mean? A coach hadn't made a play, sustained a block, made a tackle. And I know I hadn't in a long time. <laughs> Neither have his players, apparently. <laughs> He's talking about benching players right there, making changes. And clearly he doesn't think it's the coaching staff, uh, Harry. Because he's in the coaches. Sometimes the coach might say, we have to do a better job, too. He's like, it's these dudes. Well, you've got to review every situation, right? Um, players, coaching staff, the way you're doing things around the building. Everything has to get reviewed. When a message you're trying to send is not getting through the players, then okay, yeah. If Chase Claypool wants to get those personal files, Chase Claypool wants music, but he don't want to go out and do what he's supposed to do on the football field, I'm going to bench him. Because at some point, you got to send a message. You know what I'm saying? I don't care how good you are as a player. There's a certain way we're going to do things uh, around here. And until they do things like that, bench players, I don't care who, where you rank at on the roster. If you don't want to do things the way we're going to do it, then I'm not going to play you. Will, will management get mad? Okay. And, and i got to let them know. Because if they can't back me behind that, then I don't need to be there. Exactly. And it's a guy like Mike Tomlin who's never finished underneath 500 before, saying. so he has the clout to do so. You know, I've known him for six or seven years now, and I've heard him speak a lot. I've never heard him say, it's these guys. I don't, I don't think I've – have you ever heard that, That's Harry? That's a good point. I don't think, Max, I don't think I've ever That's heard him say it's it out. these guys. Like, typically for Mike, he will always say, That's on me. That's on the staff. We need to be better prepared. He is that type of coach. For him to be at this point – you could tell, like, that tension is very, very high. And, and I'll bring up an example. So one of the toughest defenses to play against in the National Football League is the Mike Zimmer defense, right? Because they bring backers up, mugged up in the A-gaps to cre- create confusion on the offensive line of who to block. You know that going into the game, this game and know it's a Thursday night game. You don't get the normal amount of days to prepare for this football game. So it's on players away from the facility to watch that film, have meetings on their own, to try to get to a, a common goal so what happened last night doesn't happen. And also, you can't put that on the coaching staff. But that's the other thing. It's not that he's not that Tomlin's not taking responsibility. He was asked a question about his staff. Yeah. And his answer makes very clear, I don't have a problem with the way my staff is doing their job. I have a problem with the way my players are doing their, their job. That's why I brought that up, though, Max. Yeah. Because away from that facility on a Thursday night game, you just can't wait to go over Minnesota Vikings stuff with that type of defense when you get to the facility. Can you give me an example? Because like, I obviously haven't played short weeks in the NFL. Like, what, like for a good team who's together, yeah. right, who has, hey, this is how we're playing together. Like, what should the normal world team be in on a short week? Well, so on, a, on a short week, you don't, first of all, you don't get the normal reps that you would get in a regular week. So the mental has to be there, okay. right? You don't get to be together as much because days are taken away. So what we used to do is we would meet, after we have a practice, we'll meet for an hour. Hey, let's just go over protections. And then the morning of a, of a night Thursday night game, Matt Ryan, hey, receivers, tight ends, we're going to meet before our actual meeting start. Hey, if you get this look, Harry, if the backers mugged up, already count them as one coming mm-hmm. versus just guessing. Right, that's a protections meeting, mm-hmm. right? And I, I, it, from the looks of Pittsburgh, it don't look like they even went over protections at all, which I know they did. 
but it doesn't look like the players took the extra mile to go over the protections because some of the things, the Minnesota Vikings was just bringing four people and getting home to Big Ben. Now, the one with Harrison Smith came, that's on Big Ben. He got to see that, right, because the line was sliding. He got to know that's a free rusher coming. But that's a Mike Zimmer defense, right? They get you in these positions where they bring these people, these, these backers mugged up in the gaps so you can declare which way you want to block. And then one, one play, Harrison Smith may come. The next play, he may bail out, and then the blitz may come from the opposite side. But if you don't study that, if, you don't, if you're not on one accord, if you're not in unison as a unit, offensive unit, then it's going to get you every time. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's get back to the Goodyear hotline and get to another Week 14 storyline. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Is there anyone with more pressure to win the whole thing than Rodgers this year? I don't see it that way. First of all, I think if anyone can handle the pressure, it's Aaron Rodgers. I don't really think he has any issue with that. Pressure, look, they, everyone is going to have the pressure. I, I just don't think it's Aaron at this point. And Rob Domofsky joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Morning, Rob. Max, how are you? Doing well. How's, uh, well, now that we've asked each other how we're doing, how's Aaron <laughs> Rodgers doing? How's the toe coming off the bye? He still hasn't practiced all week, Max, so that would tell me that the toe is not back to where he wants it to be. But he did tell us on Wednesday that the bye week really, really helped. Those were his words. Really, really twice, he said. Uh, now, he hasn't really practiced or done anything in 10 days, okay, since they had the bye last game, November 28th, in, uh, against the Rams. So, you know, he's, if, this is going to be as healthy as it gets the rest of the way. I mean, like, you're not going to get this kind of rest anymore. So it's going to be, like, can, can, can he build up enough in the toe to where he can go out and play and it not go back to what it was, you know, when it first happened. I, and that's what he's hoping for, which is why he decided not to have the surgery this uh, last week. Now, Rob, it's clear that Aaron Rodgers has, has owned the Chicago Bears. If he goes out and dominating this football <laughs> game. Him, right? Yeah. Just, if, just he, ask him, Harry, yeah. if he dominates in this football game again, do you, yeah. do you have, you think the trash talk still uh, comes from Aaron Rodgers or you think he's just going <laughs> to relax and let it go this time? Uh, it's funny that you say relax because that's another one of his catchphrases, <laughs> right? R-E-L-A-X. I actually have a piece running on ESPN.com tomorrow about all of Aaron's famous catchphrases and what they've meant. I think he'll play it super cool. I asked him yesterday, I'm sorry, Wednesday, uh, you know, if he expected any retribution for it. And, and, you know, he got a big smile and he said, hey, look, I said what I said. I don't regret it. Um, if they want to try to use that against me, you know, fine. But he had kind of that, that smile, smirk, basically, you know, without saying it, said, hey, look, I said what I, I said it all. I said all that needs to be said, and, and that's it. So Randall Cobb had a core muscle, uh, had core muscle yeah. surgery. Devontae Adams is still not 100%. How concerned are you about the injuries piling up? Rodgers not practicing, receivers compromised on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, it's a great question because I think one of the things that people are forgetting, too, is that back in that big win they had at Arizona uh, end of October on that Thursday night game, Max, they lost and Robert. Rob, can you sure. repeat? You, you um, broke up a little bit. Could you repeat? Oh, you, you, could you repeat that? Yeah, so. 
uh, people are also forgetting is that they lost their tight end, Robert Tunyon. Remember, remember him uh, mm-hmm. last year? 11, mm-hmm. 11 touchdown catches last year. Mm-hmm. So now if you combine the loss of Tunyon and Cobb, both guys who operate in the middle of the field, obviously a tight end does, and Randall Cobb as, a slot, as the slot receiver, I think that's a big hole that they're going to have to find a way to fill in this offense. And don't be surprised if they move Devontae Adams inside a little bit. Now, obviously, he's played more on the perimeter in his career, but he can go inside, and I think that's where they're going to have to make up for the loss of those guys. Rob, a lot has happened for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers since this summer uh, debacle between the COVID, the toe, and the TV screen, uh, just a a lot going on. But Aaron seems happy. He seems like his typical self. Uh, Has there been much talk about his future lately? Where are we with that? Not yet, Jay. I mean, I remember when we talked several times, you know, throughout the spring and summer about, you know, whether he would even come back or what was going to happen. And, you know, once he did and he aired all of his grievances, you know, it's really gone probably better than anybody could have expected. I suppose if you throw out that week one, just debacle against the Saints when they lost 38-3 to and people accused Aaron of looking like he didn't care. But, you know, from talking to people in the organization, both on the coaching staff and in the front office, uh, they, they are like, hey, this is going really, really well. And if, you know, things continue, you know, they, they kind of don't see a reason why he wouldn't want to come back next year. Now, obviously, a lot could change between now and then. What happens if they have an early exit in the playoffs? What happens if, you know, someone does something, whether it's on the coaching staff or a play call or a decision not to go for something and he and he's frustrated by it, you know, it can change, you know, on a dime. But um, at this point, Jay, you are right. Like, I don't think it could have gone much better from both Aaron's perspective and the team's perspective. Is that because I was wondering about this, like an opportunity when he yeah. got caught misleading everyone about his vaccination status, I thought, you know what? He wants this team to support him. Did the team – like? it seemed to me the teams kind of put their arms around him at that moment. Yeah. And I imagine that could be the turning point in a relationship, you know, between a well, team and a player, was it? Yeah, Max, even before that, and here's why, but it's, a, it's regarding that. They knew, obviously, that he was unvaccinated. The league knew he was unvaccinated. I think Rodgers – was really happy and, and pleased that the team helped them protect that secret from the public, right or wrong. That's what Rogers was doing, right? He obviously purposely misled people in the summer and the team, uh, you know, it's, it's ultimately their responsibility under these cockamamie rules that the CBA and the, the PA and the league have agreed to where the team is supposed to find a guy for not following the COVID uh, protocols, right? Well, the Packers aren't going to find Aaron Rodgers. Why would they want to piss him off, right? I mean, they, they've got him back. They've got him, you know, happy to a good place. They're not going to find him. And I think in a weird sort of way that that kind of was one check mark in their favor that Aaron was like, okay, yeah, you're right. These guys do have my back. They're, they're, they're helping me right or wrong. I mean, obviously, you know, hiding it from the public, you can debate what you think of that all, all you want. But he did it, and the team helped him, and – you know, I do think, Max, that that may have been one of those things that, um, you know, may, may factor in, you know, in a small way to this decision next season or in this offseason. Rob, December 10th, Friday right now, outside of the Buccaneers, because we all know the Buccaneers yeah. uh, pose a threat to, to the Packers in the NFC. Who's another team yeah. that can pose a threat to them? 
Well, look, I mean, they've already played and beaten uh, the two AFC, I'm sorry, NFC West, you know, contenders. The Rams, they beat them at Lambeau Field, and they went into Arizona and won on that Thursday night game. Now, it went down to the final play. Uh, they got an interception in the end zone. I, you know, I don't think they have any mental hurdles over those two teams. Um, you know, the, the Cowboys would be really interesting, you know, if for no other reason than Mike McCarthy. There's a street named after him, like one block from Lambeau Field. And how interesting would that be um, if that was a, a playoff game here? Mike McCarthy, I'm sure, would love to come in here and, and win a game as the Cowboys coach. Uh, but I, I do think, Harry, it is Tampa. Uh, and, and I just want to – Go back to last the last two times they've been in the NFC Championship game. They played those teams in the regular season. 2019, they got rolled by San Francisco in the regular season and got rolled by them in the championship game. 2020, they lost at Tampa and they lost to Tampa in the NFC Championship game. So, like, and they didn't get another shot. They haven't had another shot at Tampa this year. I think that's the team that sort of is hanging over their heads because they have not beaten them. You know, I know it's only been a short time since Tom Brady's been there, but they haven't beaten that team. It reminds me of in the, in the 90s when the Packers were getting good and they couldn't beat the Cowboys. They lost to them multiple times in the regular season and playoffs. Uh, and then they finally, uh, actually, somebody else beat the Cowboys in, in 96 and they were able to go to the Super Bowl because of it. That is Rob Domofsky doing his normal excellent job on the Goodyear Hotline. Appreciate it, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Hey, guys, I just want to real quick uh, – they're supposed to get like eight inches of snow tonight. It's too bad the game wasn't played tonight instead of Sunday night. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speakers, download the podcast. Um, so we mentioned that it was a, a sad night in the NFL last night really a sad story pro bowl receiver demarius thomas not just like he didn't just make one pro bowl he's in his prime he's a perennial pro bowler he passed at the age of 33 a family member told the associated press that the family believes he died from a seizure 
There is shocking news yesterday, and you knew Demarius Thomas. Tell us, how would you know him? How well did you know him? And, and please tell us about him. Well, I knew him through the football world, so me and Demarius shared the same agent, Todd France, um, in his camp. And then not only that, he's from Georgia, played at Georgia Tech. I know a lot of guys that played at Georgia Tech as well, so um, was around him a, a, a good amount of time. And he was just a, a, a guy that was – so gracious, so loving, so caring. Uh, big physique, mm. but it had a heart of a giant, man. You know what I mean? Would, 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 would give a shirt off his back for anybody. And he was just so mild-toned. He was cool, calm, and collected, but a great human being. Because, you know, a lot of people out here aren't great human beings. Demar- Demarius Thomas, we call him Bebe, was a great human being. Great human being. He was beloved by all his teammates, his family members, and I send my condolences to to his family members, uh, people that are really, really, really close to him because I know they're going through it right now because they know how great of a human being he was. Forget the football part of it, Max. You know what I mean? He was a great human being outside of football. Just when you start, obviously, thinking about all of his accomplishments, I mean, the, the resume is just stupid. Uh, the football resume is incredible. And um, just somebody who's so young who was able to achieve that, Harry, and what we were talking about earlier was – you know, I was like, hey, like I've met a lot of people that have achieved incredible success. It doesn't always correlate to them being a good person, right? And yep. one of the challenges I think sometimes a lot of fans don't recognize is, I'll give you a smaller example, like Chase Claypool, right? You get money at a young age, it can exacerbate a lot of things that you already had wrong with you. And we all come from different backgrounds, things that we have going on. So I think to find people that are able to navigate that process successfully – or even have an attempt and they show you that they still are trying to figure it out, I think it speaks volumes out that because that's so challenging. It's so difficult to live in the public eye and to be great at your craft while also saying, I feel like I'm a grounded human being. You know, I, the, the, I want to go over some, uh, like, I want to go over his resume for a second. You said it was amazing. Yeah. And the reason I do, and I've lost people very close to me, and I love to give them their props to let people know. Because you want to let them know, you want to let people know what you did in your time, it, like, even if it's professionally. But yeah. what you did, like for example, I lost my brother 17 years ago. I love telling people my brother was a genius. Not like people throw around the word, word you know, like a genius. I love giving him his props that way to let people know what he did and, and, and what he was capable of. Demarius Thomas was not only a Super Bowl champion and a four-time Pro Bowler, he was a two-time, I'm just reading off Wikipedia, two-time second-team All-Pro. Once you start talking about second-team All-Pro, you're talking about you're a top-five player at your position on earth, right? <laughs> like, it, you, you, and, and, the, stud, man. You and, the, and the reason you, I go over his professional resume is because now the rest of his life was supposed to happen. He was done playing football. He did better at his chosen profession than almost anyone who ever lived will do. Like when you're an athlete, Jay, you know this, Harry, you know this, Jay, a two-time player of the year in college. When you're in, you have a, a lot of us in different walks of life. I, I talk on the radio, TV, whatever. We don't have objective proof that we're good at what we do. We might convince enough people that we are. We can be in the right position at the right time. We can do athletes, to make it at the highest level, you objectively know you're the best in the world. When a dude like that is as good as Demarius Thomas, he's better in his chosen profession than most people who ever live will ever be at anything, right? That's what he did as a professional. 
And now that part of his life was over, and he's supposed to get to live the rest of his life, you know, after, after that first phase is over. It, and when it gets cut short, it's just tragic. And I'll tell you why it's important what you're saying is because when you're an athlete, when you're a professional athlete, you look at the journey it took you to get to that point, right? Mm-hmm. Jay, we, we didn't have normal lives. Like, you, you sacrificed so much as a kid, as a teenager, while you're in college, to get to a professional level. So you don't get to do everything that everyone else gets to do, right? Yeah. You, 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 you cut off a finger to save a hand, basically. You're yeah. sacrificing. So when you're done playing a sport that you've dedicated your, a lot of your life to, that's supposed to be the fruit of the labor. Like, you, you're supposed to live uh, the way you want to live. Do all the things that you couldn't do probably as, as a youngster or in college or while you was playing. Right, that that was at the times that you, you life's supposed to be really beginning. Boy, you said a word right there. I mean, that's that's a profound for people listening. Jay, I imagine like you know you go through that now. That part is over. Your whole life was different than everyone else around you, right? Yeah. And now you it's get to like Jay, you get to spend time with your family now. That's new for you, and I could see how much you enjoy. It. Jay comes into work. Let's talk about his kids and his family and the whole thing and. And how much you enjoy it and stuff. And that's because, or I'll run into an ex fighter. I remember when Buddy McGirt retired. He's a good, real good, well, junior welterweight, welterweight champ out of Long Island. And I saw him for the first time in a couple of years. He was training fighters now. He had a big pot belly. Now he's 147 pounds. You cut stone with his abs, right? And I, I'm about to get on him. And I'm like, you know what, buddy? Let me shut up. <laughs> and all, all, the, all the desserts you had to pass up on yeah. in your life, all the training you had to get in dog shape, eat that second slice of pie or the first one even. And, and now is the time you get to do that in your life. And also, who, else, who knows what else he would accomplish even as a professional in some exactly. other profession. And, and, and it's gone. So, you know, so you grieve for his family. 33. 33. You, you grieve for his family. You think about his loved ones and for him. And, but that is a whole extra element of it maybe that people don't often think of. I was going to say one last thing. I, I pray that for him, you know, sometimes, a lot of times as an athlete, and Harry, I'm sure you can attest to this, I was so myopic. I was so fixated on what I had to accomplish. Yep. Like, you know, if you go to a football game, you're playing in front of 100,000 people or a basketball game in front of 40,000 people, I'm able to block you off. I don't see anything else but what the hell I need to accomplish. And I hope for his sake that before that moment happened that he had a chance to actually see on the periphery about what his life was. Ugh. Like, I hope he had a chance to do that. Ugh. Because it's not until you have a chance to do that, and that takes a lot of work to get to that point to see that because your whole life has been – that structure, focused. I'm doing that this. Focus, I need man. to be this focused. Exactly. Yeah, it's so a heartbreaking. It, take, it takes time it, to get there. A heartbreaking story. Demarius Thomas, great receiver, retired NFL player, only 33 years old, passed away yesterday. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max continues on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speakers. A, a reminder that tomorrow is Heisman Trophy. The Heisman Trophy ceremony is on ESPN Radio right here. Bryce Young is the, do I have to call it the likely winner? <laughs> Bryce Young is the likely winner of the award. Last night, Young um, beat out Pitt quarterback Kenny Pickett to win the Maxwell Award as the as the uh, as college football's best player. This celebratory moment of the week is brought to you by Allstate. Save money like a champion with Allstate Championship Savings for the win. Bryce Young. Whew. Hey, can I tell you something real quick yeah. about that? It's so funny. Obviously, winning National Player of the Year, you get that twice. trophy. You won it twice. Twice, yeah. But, yeah. you know, you get that trophy, and as much as you're appreciative of the fact that you got that trophy, you're also like, I got to do so much more. <laughs> like, he come back to school next year, like, the, the pressure on him now is like, I want to win it again. How do I win it again? How do I win a championship? Like, how do I win Super Bowl championships? It doesn't really stop. Well, Jay, just because people don't maybe remember how gangster your career was in college, Jay Will, very few people ever in any sport have won two national players of the year and a championship. So you being like, how do I win it again? Brother, most people never, obviously almost no one wins it, but almost no one wins it again. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was you, brother. That's not everybody. That's hardly anybody. I wish. Yeah, right. <laughs> Two-time players. Okay, look, Mike McCarthy, I was wondering, are they hearing those Washington footsteps, right? Like, are they, because so much media attention on the Cowboys, oh, they, you know, bad year last year, eight and eight, two years ago, right, when they should have won the division, are they hearing Washington's footsteps? Are they feeling good? Hey, we got a two-game lead in the division, this and that. And then Mike McCarthy said this. We got to do whatever we got to do to win the game. Um, but these guys are very accountable. The work ethic of our football team, the whole space is very high. Uh, they're very accountable. Uh, we know what people think of us. We love that. Uh, we're comfortable who we are, where we are. Uh, but I'm excited about what's in front of us because, you know, we, we, you know we're, we're going to win this game. Um, I'm confident in that. He told on himself there, guys. I'm confident co- in that. I'm confident in that. We're going to win this game. I'm confident in that. <laughs> Harry, do you think he told on himself just then? He did tell on himself, but I, I will say this. He, he, he's under, he, he understands that his team has lost, what, three of the last four games, right? So he's trying to get, that, to get those guys' attention and let them know, hey, listen, we can't lose this football game. Granted, I don't think he should have said that to the national media or the media. Period. You can say it to your. You can say it indoors. I just don't know about saying it outdoors because it put guys in, in terrible situations that you don't want. Well, uh, Jay, he Harry well, mentions putting guys in terrible situations. Want to hear how Dak responded? Sure. Here's Dak Prescott. No, it doesn't put us in a bad spot. I mean, obviously, if you're uh, preparing for this game, you're a Dallas Cowboy. If you're a fan, you expect to you expect to go in and win each and every game. So I don't think he's said anything different than everyone in this building's thoughts. Um, he just voiced it. So now we've got to make sure that um, we're accountable of our words. And I think that's all that is, is a coach setting the tone for the week. So, so two things. Number one, I think he did put Dak in a weird spot because I think Dak believes they're going to win the game, but Dak didn't want to 
probably say that publicly. But number two, and it's something I kind of appreciate, though, because it takes some moxie, man. Like, it takes a little extra edge. Because, I, you know, people are smart. So if I hear Coach K say something that is out of character or kind of puts me in a weird situation, it's Harry, you all know this. We have a playbook of things that I can always revert back to. I know a Duke and the Bulls. I used to do this all the time. Yep. Well, you know, I'm just out here to play, play hard. Do my, I can go back into a whole can of answers that don't really answer your question, even though I'm answering your question. I kind of give Dak some credit here because he doubled down on it. Like, and that is to a degree, you do need a little bit of that edge to do something great. It's like Aaron Rodgers, why I own you, or Tom Brady saying things about certain players. <laughs> like you, you do need some of that moxie to showcase that you're different, and you are your words at the end of the day. So if Dak is believing that, I kind of like that if I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. And, and the Cowboys, they, they lost three of the last five, not three <clears> of <throat> the last four. Three of the last five games, yep. right. <clears throat> I don't know. Look, they play in a notoriously weak era of NFC football, NFC East football, notoriously weak. We've asked, not this year, but the two previous seasons, both seasons, we asked, is this the worst division of all time? Those questions were asked. And they have failed to win the worst division of all time the previous two seasons. Or or a candidate for worst. Kevin Love was talking about this the other day. He was like, when I played in Cleveland with LeBron and Kyrie, we didn't care about the the regular season. We cared, but we didn't really care. It was about hitting our stride down the stretch when it mattered. I know you have a lot of younger players, but I on the Dallas Cowboys, what I will say, they start to hit their stride down but the stretch. Here, but you hit they have. But, but, but you can't that basketball and football. You can't you can't wait to hit your stride really I, in football. I, I, but you want to be playing a grip brand of football, football going down late the November, December, January. But you can't wait. Like you can't the regular season. We only got sixteen, well seventeen games in the regular season. I, but, so, I mean, if they win, if they win the next four games in legit fashion, they they're playing good football. Like, that's what see, I'm saying. See, this, you're like, okay, like they're right here. I want to bring back a point I made earlier. It's not that oh, media is being negative towards athletes when I ask a question. When I ask, can this can James Harden come through when you need him most in the play? Oh, roll your eyes. No, no, I'm not saying he can't. I'm stating the fact we that seen he yes. hasn't, right? So I'm not saying Dak can't do it. I'm saying until I see, see it, it, I'm not putting him in the first category. I agree with so, you. So here it is, guys. When you said LeBron, you know, Kevin Love said this about LeBron, da-da-da-da. Dak's supposed to be the LeBron of that team. Now go ahead and do it. You got the bag. When you get the bag in the NFL, and the reason I started getting on Carson Wentz when he was still pretty good but not as good, and then he wound up being terrible over time, and I was calling it out the whole time. You got the bag, Carson. So I'm not trying to hear, well, now our defense. When you get paid, you're supposed to compensate for that. I'm not saying one man can do it by himself. I'm saying special quarterbacks who get paid at the top of the sport have to carry the team. Here it is, Dak. It's right here for you. You sound like me and some receivers I played with. Hey, you get that money. I don't want to hear about what woulda, coulda, shoulda. We need it to happen. I'm not even going to lie to you. And there's a big part of me because he's an African-American quarterback. And you know about the history of quarterbacks not being yep. able to see. Like, part of me, like, there's a whole people like saying, we want you to be that guy, too. There's a lot of pressure that comes along with that. We need you to be that guy. There's a lot of pressure that comes along with that. I need you to be the best, Dak. Yeah. You got paid to be the best, and I need you to prove that on the field now. Well, hold on one second. Speaking of African-American quarterbacks, the guy who actually got paid to be the best, who got paid at the top of the market, is Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes. who's African-American yeah, yeah. and whose father – was an African American relief pitcher in Major League Baseball who he won he won real good, but he could throw hard, right? And so now he's second generation, high level professional. Understand a lot 
that is an enormous advantage, right? That was an avenue that was not always open mm-hmm. at the highest levels to African-American, especially quarterbacks, right? Patrick Mahomes already did that. He's the highest paid guy. He's the best guy. And if you look at the ranks of quarterback in the NFL, at the top level, Mahomes, Dak, Lamar, Kyler, it does seem, though, that we still have a lot of questions, right? That the media especially Crazy. has a lot Crazy. of questions about Kyler Murray. I don't know. Kyler's, as, as Key says, he's, he's throwing handoffs. Lamar Jackson and his accuracy. L- Lamar's won an MVP. Oh. He's won a playoff game. He's now beaten the Chiefs. Hasn't yet won a Super Bowl. Mahomes has. That's legit. Okay, let's see you win a Super Bowl. But this year, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, uh, Patrick Mahomes. If you're thinking about that, Jay, you got a lot of bites at the apple yeah. from now I on, agree. it seems to me. From now on. In that respect, things have changed. Not quickly enough, but they've changed. Harry Douglas doing a great job sitting in Destroying for the game Keyshawn today. Johnson today. Appreciate Woo. you, Harry. Thanks, Appreciate y'all, man. Y'all know I love coming in. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max return Monday morning. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.